Welcome back for another episode of The Break Room, the podcast by Privia Health. I'm your host, Morgan Hensley, and today we'll explore the benefits, value, and process of implementing a virtual scribe service. Studies indicate that 42% of physicians report burnout. While burnout has many causes, some of the main factors include clunky and confusing electronic health records, long work days and after-hours work, too many time-consuming administrative tasks, and too little time face-to-face with patients. Virtual scribes may alleviate some of these challenges, helping providers focus on patient care and achieve a better work-life balance. Our guests today are Anna Graziano, director of Privia Plus, and Dr. Thomas Maslin, an internal medicine physician in Greenbelt, Maryland. We'll discuss how implementing a virtual scribe service might improve patient satisfaction and engagement, increase practice revenue, streamline provider workflows, reduce administrative burden, and much more. So with that, let's start the show. Anna, uh, Dr. Maslin, thank you both so much for joining me on The Break Room today to share your expertise and experience uh, as it relates to virtual scribes. To uh, help set the stage for our listeners, can you please define virtual scribes and give an overview of how they work? Sure. Thanks, Morgan, for having us here today. Really excited to be with you and Dr. Maslin. A virtual scribe is just the same thing as a scribe, but they're not physically there in the room with you. And that really allows us to protect the privacy of the patient, provide a relationship, but still bring the benefits of a scribe service. This could be a scribe service that's happening in real time via a remote connection. It could be leveraging some type of recording device. It could also be leveraging other digital and AI tools. Um, So it's a really broad term, but the key differentiation in my mind is that the scribe is not physically present with the provider. Morgan, thanks so much for the opportunity to speak to you about this. I would echo what Anna says. The virtual scribe platform, as we're currently using it, the scribe does not have to happen in real time. The turnaround is quick, but it allows a lot of flexibility on the physician end to modify the audio file that is generated from each visit. And in my estimation, it would be more difficult with an in-person scribe because then the timing would be much more complex. But essentially it's, we walk in a room and we have an audio file and we just start talking to patients. So it's, it's a nice system that allows a greater efficiency, but doesn't disrupt the interaction between physicians and patients. That's an interesting point you make. Dr. Maslin, a a virtual scribe doesn't interfere with the uh, patient-provider interaction. I'd like to follow this thread a bit by asking, uh, besides the obvious, what are some of the main differences and benefits to using a virtual scribe uh, as opposed to an in-person scribe? The interaction, especially in primary care, is a a fairly intimate reaction uh, interaction with patients because because we get to know them over many, many years. And we hear some pretty crazy stories from patients that they are probably prepared to speak to me about, but not speak about with someone else in the room. And it keeps the interaction like as if there's no scribe at all. And that's really, although we are informing patients that we're recording things, they're not even aware of it. 
And so there have been a lot of things in medicine that have made it more difficult to just have a conversation with patients and time constraints and the like. And this has allowed us to do that better than we would be able to with the person in the room. The reality is, you know, Dr. Maslin, I think, is sort of downplaying all of the administrative work that he has on his plate. But the reality is to exist in independent practice today, there is quite a lot that our providers have to do. They have to do their documentation, both for their own kind of note-taking purposes, but also for legal and compliance reasons, billing reasons. They have to manage all of their sort of claim submissions, you know, run a small business. There's a lot that goes into that. And really the goal of the virtual scribe service is to take one of those things off their plate so that they can really focus on providing kind of the most present care possible. And the other thing I would say about a virtual scribe is it removes the pressure of real time on that scribe. One of the main sticking points with a lot of scribe services is that the scribe is never going to be the provider. And so the documentation will never represent exactly what is going on in that provider's head. And Dr. Mousen and I have talked about this, you know, at length that we're working together. It's not exactly as he would write it, but it still gets the gist of the visit. And that's what matters as far as kind of remembering what was done last time when the patient comes in next. But when we remove the element of like real time, trying to go from room to room on Dr. Mousen's schedule, those scribes can take their time to really make sure they do a really good job. We can layer in additional tools from a technology perspective. And so it gives us the best chance at really supporting and helping the providers. You both make some wonderful observations about virtual scribes. Freedom from real time, reducing administrative work that I'd like to come back to in just a bit. But now I'd like to pivot and discuss Privia Plus, which is the virtual scribe solution that that you all use. So Anna, what is Privia Plus? And Dr. Maslin, what is your role in developing its uh, virtual scribe capabilities? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one, Morgan. Um, Privia Plus is a relatively newer brand that we're really excited about. And the whole point of it is to bring in additional products, services, technologies that are best in class, either that we develop ourselves in collaboration with providers like Dr. Maslin, or that we've sourced externally and kind of partner with third parties, and then effectively evaluate them, not just for their functionality, but for integration with our workflows, with our EHR. And ultimately the goal is to bring the most efficient, best solutions into our tool set so that providers can kind of pick and choose what they need to drive their goals, whether it's getting out of the office at five o'clock, whether it's maybe growing their practice and seeing more patients, maybe they wanna bring on a advanced practice provider. And we have solutions for, for all those things. So it includes our telehealth platform and various other products One of the things that I love most about how we do Privia Plus is we work in partnership with our providers like Dr. Maslin. And I remember, gosh, I think it was, did we start working together in 2017, maybe, maybe 2018? So years ago, (laughs) talking to Dr. Maslin on the phone and he totally got the concept right away. He knew what we were trying to do from really day one. He was our, basically our, one of our first providers on the platform. He understood it right away, picked it up right away, gave us a lot of really good feedback. Um, and I'm so proud and but also humbled by having had that partnership to build this together. 
Well, and it's been a pleasure to work with you all along. The initial situation was several physicians were asked to participate in a pilot, and it was a bit rocky at the beginning, and everything was new. And I don't know what the feedback from other physicians were, but I think it was pretty clear to me that you've got to be somewhat patient with new events. And so there were turnaround issues and there were technology failures that all of the, maybe a couple of days after you see a patient, you really, we were informed that, well, there's really no audio file. So th- we'd had some of these growing pains, but they've all worked out smoothly in very short order. And I think that the ability to see patients and not feel the pressure of at least enough documentation in the office with them that you can, that you're not going to forget something significant is really helpful. To this day, I will read the note that has been produced by the scribe and say, oh yeah, I forgot that we even talked about that, right? And so what the scribes have the ability to do is to identify lots of different issues that are touched on. And while Some of the things that are written in the note aren't necessarily helpful. They are good memory triggers for the future. Yeah, Dr. Maslin, I think one time you told me, now that you have the scribe service, your experience in the room, you kind of sit back and relax and you almost spend too much time with your patients because you don't feel this pressure of having to, you know, write everything down, get to the next room. You can just have these really nice conversations and um, you are definitely a chat provider. Well, you know, I think that the beauty of it is I, what I do generally is I will turn on the scribe and introduce the patient and the, and the chief complaint. And then I walk in the room and I put my computer down. And so there's no keyboarding. There's none of that. I can, I always have it in reach so I can grab it if I need to look at an old film or something like that. But patients really appreciate you being tuned in and it's allowed me to do it in a way that I wasn't able to before. That connection with your patients is really a remarkable benefit, especially when you consider how often technology feels less like a helpful tool and more like a barrier. So on that note, I'd like to ask you about electronic health records and how the scribe integrates with it. It's well documented, (laughs) no pun intended, that that doctors spend a lot of time in their EHRs. A study published in the the Annals of Internal Medicine found that doctors spend 16 plus minutes per patient in the EHR, while another study from the Annals of Family Medicine showed that doctors spend 5.9 hours of an 11.4 hour workday in the EHR, including nearly an hour and a half after hours, quote unquote, pajama time. How might a virtual scribe reduce this and, in the process, potentially alleviate burnout and nurture the patient-provider relationship? Well, I made the comment to Anna um, not long after things had smoothed out that this had completely changed my life. And I'm always impressed at how much data Privia has on what we do, but I've been saving probably two hours a day. And two hours a day with a note that has acceptable quality to me and to not have the pressure in a patient room, we all get behind schedule from time to time. And then you have even added pressure not to let the next visit go too long. And so it's a very tense kind of situation with people. And it's, it's important for us to reassure patients that if I've already wasted their time in my waiting room, 
I am going to still care for them appropriately. And not having the burden of documentation allows me to do that in a way that I couldn't have done it prior to the scribe service. Dr. Maslin, what time do you think you're leaving these days? I'm generally leaving the office about 5.30. When I leave at 5.30 or maybe 6, the documentation for the day, anything that I've got in my daily EMR is done. So I might spend some time preparing for the next day's patients or something like that. But I used to spend hours every night finishing notes, and I just don't do that anymore. It's interesting to think about how doctors can repurpose the time they recoup by using a virtual scribe service. We've touched on many of the potential benefits of a virtual scribe, uh, helping stay on schedule, more time and attention for patients to really nurture that relationship. But what are some other benefits, uh, perhaps to workflows and uh, focusing on higher level uh, clinical activities? I think that the most important for me is the engagement with patients and the understanding that they are aware that I am present. And so I suspect that there are a quarter of the new patients who come into the practice who comment that I didn't know doctors didn't look at their computer the whole time they're in rooms now, right? And so our whole practice is built on trust and we can build trust slowly to a very high level. You can lose trust immediately. And so you, we really have to be careful with the customer service piece, if you will. I tend to be fairly direct with people when I speak, but I think they still know that they're being cared for. And while patients don't necessarily understand all the medicine, they do know if they're in a place where they feel they're being heard and that sort of thing. With respect to workflow, again, just the ability to not rush a patient is beneficial. I don't have any great aspiration to see many, many more patients, but I am seeing more than I was seeing before. And getting back to the sort of the, the lifestyle part, I can do two more hours of work a day, but I'm going to go to bed later. I'm going to be more tired. And then I get to be the cranky doctor and nobody needs that, right? And so I make the comment to patients all the time, sleep deprivation worsens every single aspect of your life. And when you have the ability to regain some of your time and recharge, the quality of care has to improve. I think one time you mentioned to me, Dr. Maslin, that you felt like you were spending more time or able to poke around at least in kind of the quality measures and some of those other value-based care initiatives that we're interested in. Do you find that that's still the case at all? Early on, that was a big deal because trying to hit all the quality measures is just a bit of a learning curve there too. What I do now is that's part of what I'm doing to prepare when I prepare for patients before they come in is in my mind, I know which quality measures I want to hit. I may have them plugged into the note already. And so it certainly becomes easier in that regard. But I suspect that it's like the scribe came first, right? So the fact that the scribe allowed me to be more efficient then allowed me to focus on the quality measures better. I think if somebody was adopting the scribe platform at this point, they've already got their system for the quality measures. And so there, there should be enhanced ability to hit those kind of, as you said, Morgan, that you get behind schedule and maybe, maybe I'll skip this and get it next time. And then maybe there's not a next time um, in the calendar year, and now you've missed the quality measure. So it is important in that regard. I think that's a really good point. That's That was something that we always felt as well. So I'm glad that you said it is we can't really ask any more of our providers if we don't take something off their plate first. And we sort of felt like Scribe and helping with the documentation was the gateway 
to being able to do more kind of initiatives like that. So I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. That's a great point, Anna. For value-based care to advance, we really have to find ways to adjust workflows rather than add more work. It's very interesting how a virtual scribe can free up some bandwidth to help physicians focus on those challenging but rewarding value-based measures. Virtual Scribe sounds like an amazing technology and a multi-purpose tool. For doctors, it can lower burnout, enhance the patient-provider relationship, foster a better work-life balance, as we've discussed. However, some providers still have reservations. So what are some of the common concerns and questions you get? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the key word, Morgan, is control. The documentation is really important. It's important clinically to help remember what was done, what the plan of care was, documenting that for the patient in some cases. But it's also really important from a sort of medical legal compliance perspective, which we talked about. And just like if you were preparing for this podcast, you'd write some notes and that would be your reference as to what we were going to talk about here today. That's how providers use their documentation. And can you imagine going in blind to your next podcast, not knowing who's in front of you or what questions you're going to ask? Like that's, you know, that's the purpose of the documentation. The difference is for providers, it's like they have a series of 15 minute meetings back to back every single day. And if they don't write down their meeting notes, you know, what was said, what's our follow-ups, you know, what's our next steps, they don't get paid. And there's really no other profession that I can think of, you know, that requires that. And so it's just, it is a lot that we're asking of them. It's a little tangential to your question. Dr. Maslin earlier said a word in terms of the patient-provider relationship. He said, you know, those are built on trust. And that's really where you get all of that good work. And in trust, you can help drive change. And I think that's what we see as the most difficult emotional barrier for providers when bringing in a scribe is building the trust that they know what's in their head, those notes that they need to be prepared for the next meeting, quote unquote, are documented. And the way that we've really tried to address that with Privia is by bringing it in-house. So it's myself, my team, we're all on the same side. We all want what's best for these providers. We have the same goals. And then we just help them. We help liaison between the providers and the scribes. We help with workflow. We go out on site if we need to. We just really help build trust so that providers can work through that change barrier. And Privia is looking into ways we can help our providers and bring in additional solutions. Our model is, does it work with our workflow? Does it help drive one of our goals around supporting our providers, driving value-based care? And is it a good solution? Is it useful? Is it going to make life better or worse? Does it work? Um, We vet for all those things. Is there synergy between our organization and a third party so that such that we're philosophically aligned around what we're doing? Because the one thing I do want to add that I want to make very clear is the reason we're doing this is to help our providers. This really is our opportunity to do right by the providers who are choosing to do right by their patients. And that, it gives me goosebumps. Anna, what, <laughs> what you said just sent shivers down my back. That, that idea, helping providers help patients really resonated with me. Dr. Maslin, what are your thoughts on why some providers don't use a virtual scribe service? I've spoken to a number of physicians who were 
prior to making decisions about Scribe. And I'm a, a huge cheerleader for it, you know, because, and I tell them I, I save two hours a day. There's no question about that. And, but I think the two things that I perceive in these conversations with them is one is, is inertia. Most of us have been practicing for an f- extensive period of time and we know we can get the job done. And so you kind of question in your mind, is this benefit that is being sold to them in a sense, a real one? And most of them have said to me that they appreciate the fact that I tell them exactly what I've dealt with in Scribe and that this time savings is real. And then the other question that they have, of course, is, is the expense worth it? And while I'm sure Anna has and her team have a lot of information that can be provided, what I tell them is if your day-to-day life is simpler, you can add a patient or two, which will then pay for the Scribe. Or what I have found to be even more important is that because you have essentially more time to practice medicine and less time doing keystrokes, you can generate a bigger body of work. And so I don't think there's any question in my mind that the scribe has more than paid for itself in the time that I've been using the platform. Yeah, yeah, that's an an interesting point you raise, Dr. Maslin. The, the scribe service can in a sense, pay for itself as you're able to see more patients or achieve quality measures for for value-based care like we talked about earlier. Since you brought up coding, uh, I'd like to ask, how can a scribe platform potentially integrate uh, with other technologies such as coding software to to further alleviate uh, administrative work? So I think the coder platform, to me, the real value is to know that it's been coded by a certified coder. And there's been a lot of information in the literature over the years that physicians undercode because they're concerned about audits or something like that. And you can feel confident that a professional has taken a look at it. And in my experience, what we found early on, because Anna has data on everything, is that I wasn't coding any differently when I was coding notes versus when they did it, but I was more confident in the coding process when they did it for me. And the expense is nominal. So it seems to me that that's really a benefit. You still have to go through some of the information on billing, but there's a time savings there as well. Yeah, I think it goes back to what we talked about where where Scribe and helping providers documentation is kind of like the entry. If we can help them with that, not only does it free up their time to work on other things, but it also flows into many other administrative things. So documentation drives coding, coding drives claim submissions, claim submissions occasionally get denied. And so we have services along that whole journey to help providers and just slowly chip away at that administrative work. There's other things too that we'd love to do in the Privia Plus world. So I think there's a lot, you know, a lot of room for, for opportunity. There's billions of dollars being spent right now on helping providers with burnout in the U.S. and and abroad as well. You know, there's technology, there's artificial intelligence, there's natural language processing, there's robotic process automation. Privy has invested in some of those tools as well, but, you know, there's kind of an open running room in my mind of things we could do to help support our providers. But Scribe is really, I just think it's the heart of what causes burnout and issues with work-life balance. And if we can really help them there, I would say the sky's the limit. The sky is the limit. I think that is 
uh, a great note to uh, to end on. Uh, but thank you again, Anna and Dr. Maslin, for your generous insights and time. Virtual scribes are such an interesting technology, and so I greatly appreciate your informative, engaging perspectives. Thank you for the opportunity. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Morgan, so much for having us. I really enjoyed speaking with you today. And Dr. Malzahn, it's always a pleasure to connect with you and, and hear what you have to share about your experience. Looking forward to continuing to work with you, um, perhaps on future products as well. And thank you to you, our listeners, for tuning into The Break Room. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and blog to stay up to date on all things healthcare. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I will see you next month for another episode of The Break Room. Stay tuned. <laughs>